On Beautiful Stories from Anonymous People, comedian Chris Gethard talks to one anonymous caller for an hour. There's only one rule. Gethard can't hang up. In two recent episodes, Gethard chats with someone in a unique moment just before their life is about to change. From a woman who's about to live out her own Orange is the New Black-esque journey to a young man who came out of the closet on the show. Subscribe to Beautiful Stories for Anonymous People now. This is a show about individual experience and personal identity. There may be times when folks use identifying words or phrases that don't feel right to you. That's part of what we're exploring here. Please listen with an open heart, and as always, I welcome your polite, engaged feedback, and I encourage you to continue the conversation in your own life and with your own community. Welcome to Query. Well... First of all, I had to tell you, yeah. like, stop, stop, stop talking because stop talking. everything you were saying was interesting and we yeah. weren't rolling yet. That's but, happened to me so many times and I'm like, you know that old thing with the, the frog that's like, hello, my honey, hello, and then I sit there in front of the mic like, <laughs> just Bram. completely yeah, silent. I do know yeah. that old thing with yeah. the frog. I know exactly what old thing with the frog you're talking about. He old you know, thing with the frog. On, uh, on my show, I have folks introduce themselves. Would oh. you introduce yourself? Uh, my name is LP and I am a singer-songwriter. Um, you know, of the uh, whatever variety. I'm, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> it's still, really still TBD. Still you know? TBD. Yeah. yeah, it's really interesting to hear yeah. what people say about themselves when you just like yeah. give a little bit of space. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I I still don't know what's really going on. You know, I mean, I think a, I think I'm a songwriter first, really, because I don't think there's anything to do without that part. You know, it's like um, the singing is besides the point. Uh, you know, because I think there's a lot of insane voices out there but um they have to uh be clothed in song <laughs> otherwise it's like difficult to uh find a way to walk around so the songs are everything i cannot relate to what you're talking about at all only because i have <laughs> no musical talent it's really interesting <laughs> yeah. to me to hear you like divide those things up because yeah. i mean you do have a great voice thanks you have a great voice did you fall in love with songwriting first and no then i sang it? Was singing you know um i sang but um i was like from a um you know, an academic family that wasn't like, that was like, oh, that's great that you can sing, but school, <laughs> sure. school, school, school. <laughs> but I, um, you know, I felt like, um, I don't know, uh, my mom passed away when I was a teenager and I just felt like that was the way to, uh, the way to go was kind of do something that I loved. And I felt like I, I didn't really articulate it in my head, but I was like, you know, I love singing and I, I, I kind of want to just see what happens instead of like really just kind of pushing myself to go to school which I was it was you know like everybody's drilled into your head that that's the thing and also the the fact that like uh, when you accomplish things school-wise I didn't really know any other currency at the time but like when you accomplish things in school then you get to the next level and then you you know keep going until you get a degree which then you, that turns into your currency and etc you know so I didn't really um, know anything other than that um, way of getting through life at the time so um and i didn't say well i'm gonna you know forfeit that that kind of thing i just decided i was going to try my own uh thing and and i didn't even know like not necessarily music i just didn't know so i just like but i started like you know trying to fiddle with the whole band thing in new york city and 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 figure out how to uh parlay that into something that was actual which it's you know um void of structure in the beginning. That sounds scary. Yeah, it's the hard What thing. you're talking about sounds really scary because I, under, I understand that, uh, 
Well, like I did, I went through college and then I even started part of grad school because mm-hmm. like you're saying, it's like this feeling of being an artist wasn't something that I really, that was modeled to me at all. I didn't understand what the entertainment industry was. So like, I yeah. also didn't know there was a j- job uh, yeah. there, but yeah, like the other side of entertainment, yeah. the like corralling of entertainment and I didn't know about any of it. I was just all like, it's just like a big uh, (laughs) nebulous. Yeah, Yeah, it's like, and so, um, (laughs) but I went. Nebulous void. So like, (laughs) so what age are you when you're, well, first of all, when did you know you had a good voice? When did you know you could Uh, sing? When I was a kid, I did. But like, uh, yeah, like uh, late teens, early 20s was like kind of like getting, you know, uh, what are you going to do? You know, you're going to decide to like go off into you know, uh, academic land, you know, or, or, uh, you know, I have a brother that's uh, older than me and that's a brain surgeon now, you know what I mean? Like he, sure. and he like, you know, and I think it's just, I, but I was like, I don't know, like my dad, everybody in my family's a doctor or a lawyer. My dad was a lawyer. Um, and, um, my dad's a lawyer. Yeah. Nice. We have a lot. And go. he's happy, isn't he? He's so happy. I bet. Um, my yeah. dad wishes he <laughs> sang. My dad wishes he sang. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. yeah. My dad wished he, he was in like med school and then dropped down and went to law school. Oh, so he's, it's like yeah. the one that got so, away. Yeah. yeah doctordom. Totally. <laughs> yeah. And, but cause he just thought that like, and you know, because, um, I think that, uh, being a doctor in general, you know, I'm sure there would be many doctors that might, uh, you know, disagree, but he just felt that like it was a more like kind of you're capped at a certain or like, you know, started a certain amount of money where lawyers can be, you know, lawyers can be a little bit like, oh, you're a lawyer? Yes, but I only make such and such a year, which is, you know, <laughs> sad <laughs> compared wow, like, for yeah. all the school. I think, you know, like it, lawyers and, and, you know, lawyers are just also argumentative. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. No, they're not douchebags. So, just, so, so like, did you grow up, like, did he feel like he settled for law? Um, yeah, he just, he just felt like he just got like the short end of the stick and like, you know, the, uh, I would imagine the amount of work for the amount of pay, yeah. you know, and, and, you know, respect. He, and he was a doctorate of law, you know, so he, right. you know, he knew what he was doing basically, but, and you know, he deserved to be a lawyer, that guy, <laughs> honestly, <laughs> well, I just, like he could like suck it because like, he was like, uh, well, sorry, he's passed away. That's terrible to say, but you know, no, you can say whatever you want. There yeah. you go. It's he your suck father. It you he can, was like, <laughs> you can go ahead and say whatever you want. <laughs> he, he was like, you know, that guy. You know, like he was like argumentative guy. Mm. So like, I can't imagine my dad, you know, like rolling up like, you know, probably like 50s style if he could with the cigarette, you know, like, you know, could you put your feet in the stirrups kind of thing? You know, it's like he just was like not fit to be a doctor. He should have been a lawyer. Yeah, I think about what that would be like growing up with a. I mean, that you know that your dad felt that way, like unquestionably that because for me, I'm like I'm saying my dad growing up always had a great voice. He like. That's cool. Then became a church cantor. So, like, he was singing mm. at church and stuff. And That's then amazing. when I came out, that was, like, a whole thing. Because yeah. my folks had to decide whether or not they were going to leave the church. And then my dad was like, but that's where I sing. Like, yeah. that's where my art is. Uh, and um, <laughs> when did he have to, why did he have to decide that? Because, well, so, like, for, for me, I was super-duper Catholic. And then uh. I just felt like the church was not welcoming to me. Mm. And so I didn't ask my folks to make that choice. But I stopped going to Mass. And I stopped yeah. kind of... Uh, caring about it. And I think I got very angry about it in front of them. And so my mom made the choice on her own and was like, I'm leaving the church. And, I, and then I was like, cool, mom. So then I think my dad was like, well, fuck you. Because like yeah. now I have like, am I yeah. the less good parent that like still uh, wants to go to church? No, I mean, that's but, his thing, you know? Like, Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. 
But it's also like growing up with a parent that didn't go for the like the number yeah, one thing that they yeah, want, yeah. like grab that ring. Can I ask you, did he, um, if it's, you know, too intrusive, don't say it, but did he do well at law? Was he? Yeah, like he does okay. I mean, he does yeah. really well, like. He always wanted to be his own boss. Yeah. So for that reason, he would never join a bigger firm than his yeah. own firm, which means that like later in life, um, there's less security in that because yeah. you don't realize when you're making that decision when you're like 20 or 30, you're yeah. like, I'm my own man. And then when you are 60, you're like, I wish I had other men, <laughs> you know, yeah, like, yeah. to help me out. You know, even like my brother, you know, being in brain surgery, I mean, I think he wants to do other things, you know what I mean? And it's very interesting to to hear that and see that and you know and he sees me like you know um doing really well you know and and you know even monetarily doing well at entertainment which was like you can't do that you know that's and right he's, and, uh, and it's what you a know, betrayal it's, yeah it's what a betrayal to succeed at this like yeah right silliness job yeah. Yeah. and he's always been he's always been like i remember he was like i think you know i've never really said this before but he was a first person I sang to when I was a little kid and you know and he was like very like he goes wow you sound like the radio like really like oh, a, like it was really sweet and I remember going I do <laughs> you oh, know? So and then mad. like yeah and then I that I then I started singing out a little bit from my mom who was a singer when she was young a very uh, amazing singer it was like an opera singer and like like you know uh, sang at Carnegie Hall a bit and stuff not not famous at all but just like you know that's like she was she wanted to maybe pursue that and then you know got married in the whole thing but um but then i sang in front of her and then she was like is that you singing back there and just in the car and i was like and then that made me feel good about it so you know he was really you know my first like you know <laughs> a little lift up there but but that matters so much by the oh, way oh, when somebody thing. like sees your thing yeah it, well i tell people now like sometimes parents i said be you know like very careful like it, even a grimace if your kid opens their mouth to sing could ruin them and not you know a career but ruin their their thing to singing i have I, i've met so many kids like when you know i was a camp counselor for a long time and there'd be kids and it was like 90 percent of the time it'd be like this kid who like didn't really want to sing it'd be like a parent or a sibling that kind of was like oh like i made a face or made a thing because it's like such a it's such a vulnerable like kind of like um you know lightning rod of your soul like especially when you're a kid just to start like you know, singing, you don't know why you do it. You, you hear, you hear other people singing and you want to sing and it's a very emotional place. And if you get like, you know, even an inkling of like, kind of like, like embarrassment in the beginning stages, it could be like a devastating, um, thing. But did you see that Jim Carrey, um, uh, Andy Kaufman yeah. documentary? I was, oh, I was the you, doc. No, yeah, it's the one that's pretty recent. No, I didn't yeah, watch it. Yet. It's about him. It's like this, you know, really interesting, um, kind of like uh, thoughts on fame and, and stuff. And I, I found it amazing. And, and the thing he said, I was asking you about your dad, the thing he said about his father, um, I wasn't trying to be like, did your dad fail at law? Because <laughs> clearly he didn't. But like um, his father was an accountant or something like that. And he, his father was actually the funniest man he'd ever known, he says. And he said that his father uh, lost in his 50s or something, lost his job. And, and when he witnessed like someone's... Um, kind of backup plan job, you know, some his father, like, failing. He was just like, oh, so you can fail at the plan B, the backup plan. And I, I was like, it was so profound to me, like, that that thought, you know, that, That's that huge. he saw that. And then he was like, you know, it was just part of his whole, like, kind of, like, 
can I curse on this? Yes. Like, fuck the backup plan thing, you know? And so, yeah, like, you know, nope, we're live. Here they come. They yeah, come no, I mean, I think that's that's huge. That is yeah. a really good message to get. Yeah, it was cool. Um, it's really, it's deep, that thing, you know? My only, my only worry for him in it was that he seems a little erring on the side of, like, I just don't... It seems like not that nothing can make him happy. Nothing can make him really sad either right now. He's in that, like, Buddhist place, which mm. I, you know, is interesting to me. But I, I I can't really hang with the, like, not getting too excited about the, the good or the bad. You know, like, not getting too upset about the bad is fine. But not getting excited about the good is like, like, no, I want to, I don't want to do that. I well, yeah. I want to celebrate mean, the good. That doesn't, I think uh, that, uh... Jim Carrey is who you're talking about being in that sp- in that space. Yeah. What in God's name is that person's life like? I literally yeah. can't even imagine. Well, he, you know, th- his climb up was so interesting because he had all the, uh, you know, he he kind of like knew. He, he just like, he said something about getting a $15 million check. I'm probably like ruining the story. Like, like well, I'm ruining the story for someone who wants to see it. And so I will stop. But, <laughs> right. like, but I'm also probably butchering the story. I know that it was like a little bit like, you know, he, he just like, it's just like some people just know. And he like was like... He wrote himself a fifteen million dollar check, and then suddenly he was getting like fifteen million dollars for like the mask or something. Yeah, like that. I mean, I, I've heard that story for sure. Yeah, I I think that something I always think about with somebody like that is, so like I'm in comedy, you know, like mm-hmm. I grew up on that story. I look at that and I'm like, oh man, that's the dream. But then I also think about his age when that happened to mm-hmm. him, and he's like. I mean, I don't know, whatever he was, yeah. late 20s, early 30s. And what happens when you have that when you're at that age yeah. and then you're lucky enough to, like, live a while longer? He's yeah. that person. I don't mean him specifically, but I mean more, like, something I look in my life to figure out is, like, I'm constantly frustrated that I'm not in a different place. Like, oh, I wish yeah. I was somewhere else. But That's then I always think about – it's a really dangerous place to be. Yeah. And then I also think about, like, well, if you have all you want yeah. – um, early yeah there's what no happens to go. then i mean yeah. i think more of like people like you know justin bieber and people like that where it's like uh you know and it's just like a difficult place to to exist like because there's so much more and he did all the things you know like really you know especially um like now he, even he went the second wave of like having you know number ones and all that stuff for a while right before that those other the big songs part of his career happened he had like the kind of like it was like tenuous yeah like he he was best known for baby and it was like his fame was um surpassing his actual achievement right you know and and now he's like you know kind of evened out a little bit you know sort of i mean he has to keep it up obviously but it's just like a lot you know it must be a lot to really deal with and plus you know his whole the whole like he's like you know just physically sought off when you worship their looks that's a (laughs) whole other thing yeah you said that that's a dangerous place oh that place place yeah to to want something further along it is and it isn't i think you know i found that like being like kind of you know and like here we go you know i put this shirt on today so i'm a total hippie guru right yeah you look like somebody (laughs) i would trust with like metaphysical advice now put the nikes on yeah but yeah i just like I think that um, being grateful for where you are and understanding that, like, you know, where you are um, with, like, you know, clearly um, intention of working and, and for the future and bigger, you know, that that's where, like, I try to stay just because I've been at the, like, you know, I, you know, and there are things that happen just on a daily basis in, in my career right now that I'm just like, why, why am I not, you know, but, you know, and I, 
doing this podcast in this country is a completely different thing than I would be doing in other countries, like in Europe, like right now. Like that is you're like having I'm living, a huge moment there. Yeah, I'm living a completely different world. Like I, you know, I'm like number one. It, yeah, I was in another, a bunch of countries, and I got very big and like I, you know, dare I say, pretty famous in a bunch of countries that are like you know, like people are phones Did in that my happen? face. Um, this year. And it was just like within this year. Yeah. Like there wasn't like from uh, like the end of like from the end of 2016, like on. And it just like kind of, you know, uh What was the thing that happened in twenty sixteen well, that had, changed it? I had a I had a song I have a song called Lost on You that like went like number one in like seventeen countries yes. or something like that. But it's like and then I started touring like nonstop. I had like a pretty much between like September of two thousand sixteen and now have been home probably a total of like three or four months. Like, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm really good. You know, I mean, it's like, you know, it's really hard on my relationship at times, you know, uh, but she's a musician and, and starting to tour more and more. So um, we're like kind of starting to find our, our balance a little bit. But it was really hard for a minute because we were only together for a year before I started touring like nonstop. And uh, I mean, like nonstop, like where it's like, you don't like I don't. Yeah, I can really see. I see why Journey wrote all those songs. Sure, absolutely. How do you, <laughs> and they didn't have FaceTime. How do you like take uh, care of your body? Uh, I mean, amidst all I do. That. I'm I'm a yoga person. I do it every day, and I, um, you know, I don't really. Well, for a few months, I started like you know having a couple of drinks, you know, because uh, just out of sheer like boredom for the other twenty three, twenty four hours in the day besides the show. But I don't drink, and I I kind of and I, you know, I'm just. I don't know. I just keep it together, like, you know, like, um, fit. <laughs> but I mean, like, yoga is a really good answer. I mean, yeah. I, ju- I, so comics yeah. usually, the like long term model is like you go to a place for a weekend or whatever, but, yeah. and do like a club and you do five shows there. And you're, so you're not moving around that much. But for me, I, when I started playing theaters and even before that, I was like doing rock clubs as like one nighters. And I thought I kind of understood the vibe of what it is to be a musician. And then this mm. last fall, I went on a bus tour for the first time doing mm. stand-up. And I realized that I have, like, no idea what musicians are doing to their bodies because, like, yeah. sleeping on a bus and then, like, not yeah. having a home base. Because yeah. even when I was flying in and out, I was, like, going to hotel rooms um, and having, like, a somewhere to put a bag down. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a different vibe. I mean, I I actually, the, the bus is great for me because I... I get a lot of sleep. I'll go to bed at like one or two and wake up at like noon. And then I have a, we get a day room and then I, um, I like do yoga, steam my voice and then go to sound check. It, the thing I think it's hardest is like, it's a very, it's uniquely lonely mm. in a way, you know, um, just cause you're, uh, even with your friends, you know, like I get like, I'll get, I'm trying like to uh, really, really cultivate and, and be better about when I get in town and, and seeing my friends and stuff. Cause I really do get, it's really beautiful. I mean, like fan wise, I mean, surrounded by like love, you know, and like, and people meet and greets and all that stuff. And, 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 you know, uh, just even walking around for a show, it's like, but going, you know, like ending up alone, like after the show, like every single night for like over a year is like uh you know, it's like a wild, it's like you start to get a little punchy, like, I don't know, just like, again, like uniquely lonely, but it's uh. I know you have to get your your head wrapped around it. So. You also do a lot of work um, during 
those meet and greets and stuff. I mean, yeah. of course, you're, my experience has been that like you're receiving stuff and people are being kind to you. Yeah. But you also kind of need to be a person to them that is the, the person that was just on stage and that yeah. person doesn't really get to like have a lot of complexity which is fine yeah. you know like if, if you know so you can't like i can't burst into tears <laughs> at somebody but somebody yeah. can burst into tears yeah, oh, at totally. me yeah and yeah. um I that like, also you know, can be really lonely like compiled as a year's experience yeah, of, yeah. like not getting to have um what's maybe like a more normative yeah. exchange where like somebody gives you something and you gives them yeah. something. I mean, I'm lucky because I have like my band, my guys and, you know, yeah. my crew and everything. And that really becomes your family, you know, and they get become very important in the scheme of things, you know, and like, uh, I think that that's invaluable. It's not like, it, so you got to be careful about that. Like, you know, make sure you have people that like, and you know, my management and everything that like, it, it, it sounds like, in another job, it would sound really sad that you're only friends with your employees. Or like, you know, I was like, is that sad? It's like, you know, like your friends would be like, they're paid to love you. You yeah. know that, right? I was like, no, they love me. <laughs> I married <laughs> another comic. Yeah. I married another stand-up comic oh, so that we can like Well, hey, welcome that. to my world. Yeah, I'm, you're, mar I'm marrying a musician. You're marrying you know? a musician. <laughs> did did y'all tour together? She did. She came on tour with me. Uh, we we did a few shows together in Europe. We did like uh, like a few in Italy, a few in France, and and stuff. And it was great. It really like and you know even uh, my fans uh, bought into like us as a couple and and um, in a really nice way. And I became now fans of her and and fans of us. You know like literally like drawings and dolls and stuff like that. And it's beautiful. And they're so sweet and. Uh, you know, that's the thing, like, the fan thing, I don't want to, like, diminish that in any way as far as, like, even, like, I think, even as, like, you know, quote-unquote, as superficial as it could be, I, I feel like it's deeper to me, and I feel like that, you know, it's the only thing that exists, it's the only reason why you're doing it, there's, like, you know, so that has to be really honored and understood, and, I, like, so I feel like, you know, they're part of everything that's going on, so I try to honor that and value that. Um, you know, I can't like you ride the line of like bringing people closer into the fold and like keeping, you know, otherwise it it could get because there's just not enough time to make everybody your your best friend. Of course. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But there is but there has to be like a, you know, a level of respect and, and um, sincere, like almost like I call it friendship, I guess, directed toward them, because I feel like you're sharing something like, you know. It's like being on stage and, and singing to people is like um, sharing shit, you know, otherwise oh, it'd be sure. like just idolatry and that's kind of gross. Right. No, for sure. I, I think I mean like um, you're not going to have somebody maybe over to your house yeah. and talk to them about like uh, your relationship with your mom. Or yeah. Because I just think it's <laughs> yeah. it's like it's, it's weird. Though. It's Things about personal sometimes. It's you know, about like, sharing like, like, like a common thing yeah. on specific moments, yes, but maybe exactly. not on the trajectory of like a lifetime or the yeah. way that uh, like a friendship would have yeah. um, knowledge outside of that. Exactly. But you you're saying that that, you know, you're working for like a fan connection and like friendship there. And I totally get that. But I also think, I mean, you're writing songs so that you get to write songs. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And like what, well, first of all, I feel like I want to even just start sort of back yeah, on like sure. when you started writing. 
Uh, you know, like right away when I decided to do music, I started writing and I had no idea. Like there's no, um, for me, I didn't go to a, a music school or anything. So I just, I don't know, it's just kind of like throwing things at the wall and waiting for something to stick and also just waiting to like get a, you know, what what really happened, I think, is like when I, when I finally, you know, I was writing songs and I was, you know, I got my first uh, uh, big indie deal in like 2001, you know, and I was like very... Uh, I was like, okay, I'm cool. Like, you know, like there's some kind of structure happening here. And I, I wrote uh, a bunch of songs and I made this record and then they like try to get my publishing. It's a, you know, it's a, the, the story from this point on, like could like quickly go into Sour Grapes Land sounding just because it's like, you have to describe the music business and how, you know, what a dark plastic tunnel it is, whatever the Hunter S. Thompson quote is. But I just like, you know, um, that's when I like I felt like I got more structure and started like really writing um, with intent, you know, um, to make records. You know, before that I was just trying to keep afloat and write songs and yeah, put out you know a little CD and see, uh, give it to like friends and friends and friends. But um, so then that but that record deal kind of went awry. It just was like it it was like not a house of cards like m money wise, but it was just like just uh push wise and people wise it's like very difficult sometimes to get um you know there's tons of bands signed to labels every year but like the the catapult only has you know one stone at a time there sure. sometimes you know so then my next so i was on tour for a few years and then i got um i, I got involved with a guy who knew a guy who knew a guy or a lot of guys in like in the major label system and then i i got like a uh, bidding war out of South by Southwest that year and got and signed to Island Def Jam. And then I was with the big people, like, you know, I got signed by L.A. Reid and I had, I started, you know, uh, they liked a song that I had, but they were like trying to find a direction for me. So I was like three years in that system. Um, Can I ask a question yeah. about that South by Southwest experience? Yeah. Just because I've also been there for stand up and so like I've, yeah. I've seen a little bit and this they is They do stand up in there, I didn't know. So they do. That's cool. And now they think, <laughs> now they. Now they separated. They put stand up with the film and oh, like the interactive. Well, that would make sense. For yeah. a while, it was with the music, Jesus. which is like yeah, yeah like that, a living nightmare for yeah. a comic. I'm not even kidding. One time I was wow, that I was hard. No, one time I was just telling jokes and <laughs> Snoop Dogg started to play. <laughs> it, like you could hear Snoop Dogg <laughs> playing his hits, yeah. and he was also sponsored by Doritos, so he was <laughs> shooting Doritos into the audience. You could hear him being like oh, rolling down the street, like yeah. Doritos, and like the sound of a Dorito cannon. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> yeah. and I'm up there just being oh, like, "These geez. are my stories and jokes. <laughs> I'm very wow. captivating." Um, That's but, hilarious. But like, but South by Southwest is such an interesting experience, especially for listeners that like don't know what it mm -hmm. is. It's kind of like. Um, and you would know more as a musician. So this is just me like walking yeah, around, but it's it. very like a zillion people yeah. uh, performing like the of the, all levels, like of all like, levels. That's what's the, you know, that's so interesting about it. And, and, and venues of all levels, you know, like there's like, zillion you know, venues. there's like, um, before that I'd been to South by Southwest before that one, which was more organized. I was doing real shows and that, um, it was like, you know, just the like kind of dandelion growing out of the sidewalk crack kind of model of doing shows there where you're just like hey hi you're, just, you're <laughs> so like guys trying to enjoy a nice you know shot in a beer and you're just sitting on the bar 
with him, like sitting on the bar face. That's what I always say about it. It's like there's like a yeah, there's like a hot dog cart in the hot dog cart. There's a person playing, but then in the drum kit, there there's also go. a smaller that's band playing. Like for. that's the whole yeah, exactly. the whole vibe of it. So like from within that to stand out yeah. is pretty. You have to be doing a pretty fucking great job to be able mm-hmm. to like cut through. Um, yeah, it was like you know. I think it was like pl- not planned, but like people knew I was going down there, and like uh, like they came down there to like kind of get at me first, which was nice, you know, mm. whatever. But that ex- that experience, like jumping, you know, into then jumping into a label deal, um, and just being, I was paired up with like tons of huge songwriters, which was very educational and very cool, but very daunting, you know, to be like writing songs alone with people in a room, and then suddenly like with the guy who wrote like you know, living on a prayer or like true colors and being like, so, <laughs> and that's like, I was like, wow, really? You know, like that's, you know, and, and, and they're also the songwriters, you know, like they're not like, they write those huge songs, you know, it's like, and, um, so I just, you know, I went along with that and I wrote with a lot of, you know, more current songwriters too at the time. And just like, you know, um, so, uh, like for three years, I think I wrote, I wrote about, like in the range of like 140 songs, and that was insane to me. Because, That's a lot of songs. Yeah, <laughs> That's a lot of songs yeah, yeah, yeah. that you wrote. Because I was like, I, I was used to writing like 15 songs, maybe putting 12 or 13 on a CD and being like, killed it, you know, in one year, you know. So that was just like blowing, you know, my mind. And so, uh, but I also found that you know I had, I had it. it showed me that I had the ability to like kind of be like on the prolific side of songwriting where I could like, you know, and I wasn't, um, I could treat it almost like school, you know, where like you show up, you write a song, which is something that I actually have benefited from a lot because I, you know, um, after the, after that stint from 2006 to 2009 doing that, I, I then um, nothing, it yield, didn't yield any fruit that those deals, you know, um, I got dropped and I, you know, um, one song made it though. Um, I got uh, a song on a Backstreet Boys record, one of those songs I wrote for myself, and that got me a publishing deal, which is, you know, right. basically song, a uh, uh, record deal for songwriters. So, um, so then I was like, oh, I'm just going to be a songwriter. Okay, well that's fine, you know. I mean, I d- I never knew, I never, I always, I wanted to like, you know, I didn't really grow up thinking I was going to be an artist anyway. So like the fact that I could, you know, make money in music was just incredible to me anyway. So yeah, there we go. Throughout all this time. Yeah. Is this like your general look today? Yes. That look then? Oh, you look like it, a rock and roller. Yeah. Now, I mean, no, I, I look, you know, I was like more, I had my suit phase. I went through my, uh-huh. I went through my like, uh, kind of like jean t-shirt phase. And then I was like in my suit phase. What and about now, hair? And, uh, no, the hair is the same. Yeah. I feel like I've seen pictures of this hair. Yeah. Yeah. I've been like, cutting this is your my, hair. This yeah, is what your hair is. My, my uh, girlfriend is now, fiance is now cutting my hair, like just like fine tuning it. Cause I, you know, I, she, because she can, and it's easier for me and I don't have to use a mirror to see the back of my hair. But, uh, but yeah, I've been, I've had this i made this shape and it stayed <laughs> yeah. i mean it looks awesome uh, thank you as a I'm, result though i have people from like 15 years ago going hey hi how are you i'm like oh jesus i don't like and they look you know they may have you know changed their look or sure. hair a billion times i'm but, just imagining you like being in those rooms that you're saying that you're in yeah. and um i'm gonna make a presumption here yeah. please correct me it's right. a lot of dudes oh yeah a lot of dudes in those For rooms sure. yeah there's there's women too but i think you know my thing like i think you know, uh, it's taken a minute for a number of reasons. Like, 
And I'm glad because I'm ultimately like really enjoying it now, you know, because it's like um, I made it through um, fairly unadulterated by, you know, um, the business really around me. And uh, but at the time, you know, I, I, it, he, I had this really funny like, you know, when I got my first big major label deal, you know, people were like, oh, my God, I always knew. I knew. I knew you're a star. It's a, it was obvious. I knew it. And then when I got dropped, they're like. I know. It's how, how are you going to market that? It's really impossible. I mean, look at her. I mean, it's very difficult. It's difficult. Then I got signed again. They'd be like, that's what a star does. A star <laughs> rises from death. It's like a phoenix. It's unbelievable. You know, it's like, sh- just shut the fuck up. You know? But you, how did you think you looked that whole time? Marketable? Um, just like yourself? Oh, I didn't know. Like, no, I knew, I knew it was a bit choices. of a fucking, you know, like a, a haul. You know what I mean? Like, I, was, I, was, I wasn't like, I, you know, first of all, I did not, you know, look in the mirror at an early age or like at any age and go like, I should be seen. It's true. You know, I mean, I got a face for podcasts for sure. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm just kidding. I just but, feel like it's like you've got like such a rock and roller look going on. Well, that's the people, all the people that kept signing me. I mean, you know, arguably I could also say that I've had seven record deals in the States and, you know, um, like not to be like, like, a, like, you know, just to, so you can understand, like they've all been like six figure deals. So I got seven different guys that would rather like, chop off a nut than have sex with me give me money that many times listen you know that makes you, I feel good about myself that makes you feel good Absolutely. like yeah no one was trying to fuck me by giving me a deal so that's I'm so lucky because you know as uh, as we've oddly newly discovered a lot of women have had to put up with that oh my god oh right this I mean this is the new discovery I mean that that women have had a really hard time like getting through with men who are like animals but you know and there are men that are not animals sorry men that are not animals you're not animals (laughs) it's true we know we anyway yeah but yeah so I just you know I feel like I feel like I knew it was going to be difficult I didn't know it was going to be this difficult Mm, but 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 the thing is now the beauty of like um, getting through, as I said, like, you know, not unscathed in that way, in a way, even though, you know, obviously I'm scathed in, other, in my own ways. We're all scathed. Yeah, yeah, we're all scathed. Hey, you know, but I can truly appreciate um, how lucky I am and, and how and what, you know, a gift it is beyond, you know, well, I mean, you know, you go down, if you go to New Orleans, I was on tour there last year, and I remember thinking to myself, just walking down one street in New Orleans, talk, want to talk about dandelions popping up through the sidewalks? Oh, yeah. It is like, there was a there was a band on my shoulder. <laughs> I, I was like, I, these guys yeah. are great. Wow. I, I hear <laughs> that. We were there on that bus tour, mm. and amazing voices. Yeah, like amazing, amazing musicians voices. in every corner of, like, every, like, like s- sidewalk. Like, I know. I wish I could remember tile. this person's <laughs> name, because... Of course, like, you know, one thing that we did was, like, post a video of uh, somebody that we watched for a long time. It was a woman, and it was also, in, like, in the tourist area, because that was just very close to where we happened to be playing, like, in the French Quarter. And we posted a video of her, and she's, like, famous. Like, people know who mm. she is. She's a street performer that's that's famous there. And yeah. then I was like, I mean, that's amazing that, she, that people know her name, because her voice is really great. Mm. I also was very curious as to, like, please tell me that she also... Is that this is also lucrative for her? Like I would yeah, like for yeah. her to not just be famous as a street performer, yeah. but also for the for all those dollar bills to be adding up. Hopefully, yeah, yeah, cross yeah. fingers. <laughs> totally, that would be ideal. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, that's the thing. It's like a very, um, and and you know, also I think uh, during some of that time, like I, you know, when I was uh, touring before I even got uh, 
the first major label deal, I remember one of the things that kept me kind of going was that I would go out and see, um, play these shows or go to festivals and see like 6,000 people singing the words to a band I'd never heard of. So it kind of aware me to the fact that there were bands that were like doing really well that weren't necessarily on MTV or on the radio, mm -hmm. you know, and that's still going on, you know. Um, and that was interesting because I was, you know, for a long time I was like, um, you know, uh, making a living at music was enough, um, you know, like being a working class um, level musician and only doing music, you know, and not working a day job was like, okay, well, that's, that was the goal, you know, and then I kind of upped my, you know, I realized that like, be careful, like, you know, how little you ask for it, because, you know, you could, you can do better, even if you want, you know, you could try at least, you know, like, why put a cap on it kind of thing. So, I don't know. It was like so. I have so many realizations along the way, and um, and just uh, kind of getting through. I, I realized how like one uh, stage facilitated the next, and that was interesting um, and rewarding as well. You know, like I can. I wouldn't like. I think your perspective is literally everything you have, and you can see. You know, when I. You know, when I became a songwriter only, um, and I. I feel very lucky that I was only it for two years. I didn't. I didn't no, I was trying not to be a songwriter or, or to be an artist again. I thought, like, you know, I was like, hey, I've had two indie deals and two major label deals. Um, clearly, that's all I'm going to get, you know. Then I started writing songs for other people and just, you know, realizing, like, you know, the levels of perspective, you know, like what people thought, you know, they were going to be. And and that's that'll blow your mind, you know. You meet somebody, you know, because, like, you meet a young kid that gets on a label and they're just like, they're pretty sure that's all they're ever going to be and that's it for them, you know, and then they get like, you know, again, not to sound like, uh, you know, you know, but like they like get chewed up and spit out the other end. They're like, what the fuck just happened? Like I thought, like everybody told me I was this and that, and, you know, and, and it's just like I could see all that happening. And then, you know, um, I think being a songwriter only also like showed me that you don't get treated, you don't get pampered like an artist, you know, you just like brought in, you know, like, say you fly to Tokyo, and you're supposed to write there all week, you know, you come in, and you sleep, you know, you, you get in from this long ass trip, you sleep, and then you wake up, and you're, you're at the session the next day, and it's like, you've got to write a song, you know, maybe even two, and that's all week, and you're required to do that. And no one's like, it, it no one goes, Hey, are you in the mood to write? <laughs> so all of that you're prepping for 2016. You're like yeah. giving yourself the yeah, and I really yeah, I got the to chops see all to be angles, able to figure yeah. out all the different things that you're going to need to do yeah. to have this. Like, well, and then huge then not even you know like yeah, out. I didn't know like and then you know I signed a Warner Brothers in 2011 uh, because I wrote I I had started playing ukulele just for fun while I was a songwriter. Think you know, like just it was like this nice off-the-cuff instrument that I would bring to sessions, not even to participate in writing the music part, but to participate in like or to use it to like clean my ears off from writing a track, writing two track, and just writing in the corner with you know the uke and and myself and writing lyrics. But then the uke kind of um, made me fall in love with writing my own songs again. It started with like whistling songs, and then uh, and then I was writing more and more uh, lyrical songs, and then I started. Uh, some of the sessions that I, I, I got um, a new management uh, team that was like called Rebel One Management. And they uh, they sort of represented me as a writer, but they were like, you should really be, a, you know, maybe you should consider being an artist again. You know, I don't think you're done being an artist. I was like, 
Yeah, yeah, we'll see. So then I started like writing. That, songs. So you you were not playing shows like no, when you were. No, after the after you know I I played shows up until I got signed to um, Island Def Jam in two thousand six, and then mm-hmm. for three years I didn't play shows at all because they were just trying to find my identity. Whoa, you know, like as a that's tough. Artist. To, that's also tough to find when you're like hung up on the wall you know what i mean like yeah. for somebody to find your exactly. identity yeah. while I you're mean, like where you're like in a state of rest <laughs> y- yeah and like also you know like just individually as an as a person as a singer i'm kind of like a anomaly as far as like uh genre a little bit because i uh yeah i sure. i look like kind of like people that don't know me then hear my music later like seldom i think like like oh I knew it was gonna sound like that you know I kind of you know look a little bit more like I'd be a rocker and then um, I'm kind of a pop artist and then it's kind of got a kind of operatic kind of uh, I don't know like almost like a crooner kind of vibe to it I don't I don't really know like I'm kind of like I'm I'm at a loss how to describe it not in a lofty way but in a like I truly don't know really what to tell you also like I'm not look I'm not a music journalist but also you're the way that you use your band, you sometimes like showcase an individual instrument or something like mm-hmm. like in a almost that almost sounds like something you'd hear in like Nashville or Texas mm-hmm. or something like where yeah, you're, there's like, a little hearing, bit of a of a like, like the drum like the bass drum just folk for a little elements bit. exactly you know? like there's yeah, that going sure. on too that's the thing and I and so and I and you know I do it like I think that was also a difficult thing with like record companies trying to find my sound and and that and then it worked for me as an artist you know I tried to really you know um try to be diverse that way because that's the only way you get cuts you know it's like and it, and you know since uh you know uh the birth of Napster and all that and you know streaming um since that very beginning um songwriting has been kind of fighting to get back it's you know like even saying these these songwriters that I wrote with is huge ones they made insane money off these things even even an album track on a madonna record back in the day was you know a lot like more than you can imagine you know and and now it's like way less than you could imagine like you know an album track on a very big stars record could be very you know just very like modest is it touring now like is that where touring yeah that's that's what it is radio is still a big thing but uh touring is really really what you're trying to do yeah so you're like trying to get the hit so that you can yeah. then sell the tour. Like, yeah, that's well, the goal. Th- you, you know, your guarantees go up if you have a hit, but like right. people still make money, you know, and, and, you know, you could tour off a hit for a long time. And then, you know, even, and if you keep up, you know, um, your music and your crowd, you can, yeah, you could tour, right. I wouldn't say inevitably, but like, you know, you could if you really worked at it, you know, um, and it's it's a very, you know, thank God for a lot of people. But. Yeah, yeah, it's just like a different model where, Again, it's like you're trying to get your music in front of folks so yeah. that they'll come buy the tickets so that you can live off of that money, which yeah. is also boosted a lot by stuff like social media now. Yeah, well, that's way another than, whole thing, even yeah. like with getting discovered and, and getting finding your people. Like, I feel like one of the things that I always um, thought to myself, like I didn't know how big or whatever I, I could go, but I just knew that out in the world there were enough people that would dig what I was doing. That's kind of what I was trying to get to with like yeah. your look is mm-hmm. that, you know, I think something that um, might be perceived as like new and then that's scary. Like how like yeah. a new or an unusual thing is scary. Yeah. The opposite side of that coin is a new or an unusual thing is like a lightning rod for mm-hmm. folks that look at 
you and yeah. go like, oh, I see me, you know, yeah, right. or like, oh, I see somebody that I'm interested in, like yeah. hanging out with and talking to, you know, like whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I think that sometimes folks don't see both of those things, but like, I, I know that that's true. You know that that's true. Cause yeah. as we're artists out in the world, I'm sure people come up to you all the time and are mm-hmm. like, yeah, yeah. I you look like I feel, or you yeah, look like me to yeah. me, or like, yeah. you just look like someone well, that I really hang happens, out with. You know, in like Russia, in uh, Turkey, in, um, Poland and you know so many places that I've been uh that you know people are like can you you're big there like I'm surprised like but I think like you know people are interested in expanding you know their horizons you know um or or just finding themselves and I think you know I think uh Russian people for for an American going to Russia it's probably much like a Russian going to America like you know our two countries have like really just like we know each other through like the politics involved and you know regardless of what anybody thinks of those politics there's just a like a bunch of people living in both those countries just trying to you know listen live, to music live themselves find themselves be happy like you know or be be sad be you know be challenged and 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 kind of and grow and there's not like i don't know i think because of the state of the world and the state of the news it's all we get to see of our, you know, can brother. I ask you a, a very <laughs> dumb question? Sure, um, I love it. You're going to Russia, mm. and obviously, I know that many people in the world are not like Americans, and they speak uh, multiple languages. Right? But are you assuming that you, or do you have, are you aware of whether or not folks that see you like in Russia, yeah, are English speakers, or are they feeling the music? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, there's a lot of people that speak uh, the language. I mean, you know, uh, that's uh, there's there's many more people in Russia that speak uh, English than Americans that speak Russian. Russian. That is true of I I bet if you said almost any language except for Spanish that that would be true. (laughs) I do I I do a lot in Italy and and you know they're amazing and they were like say. You know, I have this funny thing that happened like almost on every, and I've done all the TV shows there and stuff, and and they're always like, oh, hey, Laura Bergley's LP, you know, like, <laughs> oh, it's so Monday, and you're Italian, yes, your parents, and then this, and they're like, do you speak Italian? I'm like, uh, I don't, and the, and then it's just like, <laughs> why? You know? I know, There's I very I actually... long pause, and then why? And I'd never been asked why in any country except for Italy because, you know, my last name is Pergolisi, and it's just like, they don't, you know, and they're really cute. They're just like, they just don't, they're like, why, why the hell don't you speak Italian? And I was like, well, there's this, you know, there's this thing. People in Brooklyn, you know, they they were immigrants and they didn't want their kids speaking it. So th- those kids that they raised didn't teach their kids, you know. And, uh, you know, I, I dated um, a Greek woman whose parents were from Greece. And uh, she kind of taught me like, you know, because she taught me that anybody who was like, didn't speak Greek that was, you know, a Greek American was just Greek American, you know? Oh yeah. They're, they're not considered Greek if they don't speak Greek. And of I was course. like, because, you know, I, uh, to me, I don't know if it's just cause I'm, I'm Italian American, but like, I feel like Italian Americans are the most proud of all the groups. So like, uh, you ask, you any, are talking to an Italian American. There you go. And they're just like, so, um, what are you? They're like, I'm Italian. They never say American. They're no, like, I'm Italian. I know. My like, well, you speak Italian? I mean, nah, no. I don't speak Italian. You know, I, I mean, you know, I'm speaking it right now. What are you talking about? Yeah. You know, they don't really understand, like, they're just, like, so into being Italian, and it's like, they don't really, 
you know, yeah, and you know, I ate the, the managot and the uh, whatever it is, you know. How does it feel to then have a, a song do really well there? With that being like your uh, actual... It's amazing. It's just like, listen, I think that songs hit people um, in several different uh, ways, you know. I think there's um, there's the uh the tangible they're like um you know i love what this song says i love um how i feel when i listen to it but then like there's this i don't know there's just like this quiet way that it creeps into your your heart um and and makes you just uh, you know when a when a song lyrics and melody kind of like feel like the same thing they're saying the same thing you know it it's a very powerful instrument, you know, and um, and I don't know how this song did that really, but um, it seems to have done it with a lot of people. Like it really, like and a wide age range as well. And I don't know. Like I said, I can only be grateful for it, but it was really, really, really yeah. wildly um, interesting to me. Like how it went down with people and and uh, it. Yeah, it was cool. I'm pretty. I'm pretty. Um, I mean the the word isn't envious, but I don't have the other word coming up. Like mm-hmm. of your ability to it. My art, if you can't speak English, and then also if you don't understand a lot about American culture, it's right. really hard oh, to bet. translate. Yeah. Like on so many different mm-hmm. levels, totally. and I say it to a lot of my musician friends because you can enjoy music from like so many different mm. angles and you can also enjoy it if you're listening to the lyrics or if it's like happening in the distance and you are just like mm-hmm. having a glass of wine i think yeah. that's a really yeah it is cool it's, it's cool very, yeah you know even like you know it's it's a different medium obviously than film because you have to be like you know like totally focused and yeah and that's why you know music can really um it it's so uh it's almost like uh like water or something, you know, it just has so many like forms and, and yeah, ways it can, of being, it can you know. also like get right around you, you know, yeah, and envelop it's really you cool. and everything. And it I is really, cool. uh, yeah, I mean, so I congrats, on do anything. congrats on that. Congrats on that. Yeah. Uh, I also don't speak Italian. And yeah. when I, my last name in Italian is the name that is given to orphans who age out of the system and are never adopted. Really? So it actually literally means bastard. And so when I was, I lived in Italy for That's a little so while. Cool. I know, right? <laughs> um, I lived in Italy for a while, and and I would introduce myself to people, and then they could just tell, like I was never even trying to speak, like speak. I was taking classes and stuff, but oh, oh, I would right, just be I speaking see. English. That was them. an instant ticket and then to their I like, like no idea what the hell you're They would be like. Do you know what your last name means? Because <laughs> I would be like, uh, yes, no, I do, I do, I do. I, I went to Bali um, one time, and and LP is a jail. Oh there. wow! I don't know if it's every jail, but it might be the biggest jail there, or it's just jail in general. And like, <laughs> and every time I say my name to someone, they'd be they'd laugh, and I was like, "Why is everyone laughing at my name?" He goes, "LP Jail." <laughs> I'd be like, "What do you well, say?" And I was anyway. like, "It's a jail." I was like, "Oh, okay," <laughs> you know, like it's it's kind of weird, <laughs> but yeah, I'm sorry. You no, I, I mean it's <laughs> like it's. Hey, you know what brings people together? Laughing about how your last there name means bastard. That What's laughter that? brings a, it brings yeah. cultures together. Yeah, yeah. no, uh, absolutely. It does. I mean, Maybe. and you know, basic like you know the uh, um, common denominators bring us together. You know? Yeah, exactly. Laughter, I can laugh sadness. about that. I ain't got no shame. I know what it means. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what, did you? Have you always gone by LP in the music world? Yes, I have. 
I, uh, you know, it was hard. Like, you know, people used to be like, you know, it's very hard to Google your name and be like, I don't know. I mean, I just felt like it just fit. It was just like the right thing. You know, um, I feel like it, it just, uh, it felt, I, it was like, I worked at a restaurant, you know, right, you know, in the beginning of like doing, um, uh, music and they had another Laura there. So, um, a friend of mine at, you know, a camp I went to when I was a kid called me LP. And I remember I liked it, you know. I remember it appealed to me at the time, but I'm not, like, I wasn't, you can't make a nickname spread, you know. It's like, that's like one of the rules of nicknames, you know, they just happen. <laughs> so, uh, but I but I called myself LP there, and then everybody started calling me LP, and then uh, the people, like, my band started calling me LP, and then it just went from there. And I just remember it just felt right, you know, and I was just like, you know, I mean, you know, call it my, uh, my, uh, dyke inclinations, you know, like 101, you know, it has like a genderlessness, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, even though you'll meet a lot of like, you know, you meet a lot of other fellow lesbians, you know, who are like, you know, of our ilk sort of, and Mm. be like, you know, JD, yeah, you know, yeah, PJ, Every, whatever. There are many initials. Yeah, floating yeah, around. and uh, there are many you know, initials. So I could see why, like you know, I know why it appealed to me because I did always feel like I didn't like you know I still feel kind of strange like just marching into the 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 bathroom that has the little lady the little stick figure of a dress on it. You know, I mean, I'm as I'm sure a lot of people do. It's like a weird. So I was always like kind of you know, uh, feeling that. And I think that was the first, like, oh, this feels much better. Okay. You know, and then, uh, and then I don't know. And then I don't really, I didn't realize that it was going to make me like kind of, kind of want reject my, my given name. But then, you know, now I say like, you know, two people name you that haven't met you yet and don't know you. So I think it's completely valid to like, you know, find your name and then use it, you know? So, uh, this psychic said one time that when I said my full name, she always saw a river. And when I said LP, she saw a lightning bolt. And I was like, there you go. Perfect. <laughs> I see that lightning bolt. <laughs> I, I hear that. I'm I'm really lucky because my name does feel right to me. Mm. Cameron is like a, again, yeah. kind of a genderless name. Yeah. And, and that's your given name. That's my given that's name. That's very cool. Yeah. I bet a lot of people think you changed it. Yeah. I mean, maybe. I feel yeah. like from when I was a little kid, it was actually kind of difficult because people would always assume I was a boy. And when you're a child and you yeah. are a girl, oh. that is embarrassing. Like, for of some course. reason, we're trained to believe that's embarrassing, yeah. as opposed to just, like, who cares? Like, why yeah. would it matter what what I am? But yeah. as a kid, there's, like, nothing more shameful than somebody thinking of course. that yeah. you're, you know, something you're not. And, oh, my God, all the time. Yeah. I would. And I had, like, a bowl cut. And I'm just like, I'm nice. Cameron. And I'm like, hello, son. Nice to meet you. And I'm uh, like, oh, no. <laughs> what can't you now? tell I'm a young woman? <laughs> like, don't make me yeah, say it. Definitely yeah. not a young woman. Yeah, I remember yeah. one time I got like, I got, uh, I got like sured as a little kid when I was wearing a, like a women's bathing suit, and I was yeah. just like, <laughs> like open you, your. Can eyes. you just please yeah. cut me like a little, like just like a little slack? Because I'm wearing a uh, women's bathing suit. So many things happen. I mean, yeah. people used to think I was a boy often, and you know. And uh, I remember one time I was like steered toward a bathroom and I just went in it because the person had said, there's the bathroom. And I, you know, sit down and like, I look next to me and I'm like, wow, that woman has gigantic feet. Like, (laughs) wow, wow. And then I was like, wait a second. No woman has that big of, I mean, these are like a size 14. Right. (laughs) I was like, you know, I did see urinals when I walked in. I was like, God. 
you know, and I was like, not, you know, I was still like young. So I was like, Jesus Christ. I was like, how do I get out of here? You know, it's like, yeah, the whole thing. Playing to the walls. Absolutely. Yeah, you go back to Jim Carrey. Right, exactly. What about, like, this is an interesting thing now that I, I mean, I wasn't even thinking about this when you were talking about places like Russia. Okay. Do you look like people that live in Russia? I do. Are there people that look like that yeah. look like you that live there? Well, I like I kind of like all people. That, I'm very like I kind of feel very inclusive. I don't have um, I don't run with either or. Like I don't like kind of I haven't clung to the community really that much in my life. Yeah, of course I worked at you know uh, my share of like gay bars and stuff like that. And, but I just I've always felt very uh, at home in. All, all kinds of uh, groups, you know. So um, I do, I really like Russian people and I like... Oh, no, that's what I said. That's not yeah. what I said, not do you oh. like them. Oh. I mean, um, like, do you look like... Like, oh, is it like... Because here you are, you're like oh, yeah, walking in the are. world, people aren't even sure, yeah. like, which bathroom there are, sometimes. Yeah, there are, there are, there are my then, tribe there, for sure. Yeah, and they... Um, they I think, I think about, they like, really international travel yeah. as much as you do, sometimes yeah. being, like, I don't know, like scary you're out there yeah. with like an unusual look in yeah. a yeah country it's wild you don't speak the language that's what i'm asking about not do you like well, that's russians? like that's been do like, you yeah, like, russians? like russians no i really do yeah. i no, swear no, to no. god i do yes yes <laughs> not, yes no, that's not it more so just like how do you feel in the world do you feel safe going out there um you know i'll be honest i don't feel unsafe um i don't like um again i'm coming from a a place of I'm. I don't have an agenda except to do what I'm there to do, and that's to, uh, you know, um, kind of play music for people and kind of commune musically. Um, and I think that I. I feel like I really would like to keep it like that. I. I. I think that um, just by being myself is the way to, kind of, make a statement and gather you know people, um, together. <clears throat> to like you know celebrate that and them doing that as well and and I don't you know have no you know and I think you know it's a slow it's possibly a slower process to just do that but I do think that it's like you know molecule by molecule like people are like oh like the tolerance goes level goes up you know for people that you know and and again inclusion like I feel like I feel like really like like when I'm singing um you know, in a place that I know is not um, as comfortable with, you know, people being gay or whatever. And I, you know, I look at like, I'll really be in a, you know, there'll be like, you know, three or 4,000 people and in a crowd and I'll just like, you know, not on purpose, but I find myself like looking at the men and being like, you know, like, what's up? Thanks for, you know, like, like yeah. eye contact, like, um, it's cool that you're here, you know, like, or like whatever people um, just like, I appreciate them kind of getting it and, 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 you know, I, I don't know who's putting their 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 feelings or their beliefs aside to come and see me if, if they're doing that at all. I just think that you know by I don't know I'm, I'm trying to give off the energy not to get too hippie about it, but that you know I also like I, I want to be tolerant myself, you know, and and receive and give tolerance even to people. You know, I'll hang out with people I know are not tolerant just to kind of be like hey what's up it's nice to just hang with a cool gay person isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no i don't want anything you know it's just that don't yeah. need you to really right. get it but it's cool i think what you just said about um just wanting to be yourself mm -hmm. and wanting other folks to be themselves too yeah is 
exactly right. I think that's actually how like that's totally how I feel. Yeah. I think that's, that's all there is. How I mean, a lot of like queer people feel yeah. that I think sometimes um, is is uh, not that concisely stated. Yeah. But like I think that's really the. I mean, if I had to say what my what my goal as an artist or like as a human or in a group of friends was, <laughs> it would always be that. It would just yeah. be like yeah, try well, to be better version of myself. Try exactly. to make other folks feel comfortable. But you can't force feed it enlightenment or your own version of enlightenment on other people which is like kind of what has been going on since the very dark ages you know like i think that um people are so concerned with what you know their neighbor is doing that they're they're just you know when they they've just got to be concerned with themselves first even though like you have to reach out obviously outside of yourself but but being just uh but not taking care of that first is is just so counterproductive ultimately for everyone you know because then you've got people just running around with these like completely void of what's really happening and wanting to like try to like force their thoughts on other people you know i mean i can say it much better i'm sure but you know what i mean (laughs) i mean i think it's you know um Maybe different people get. Maybe different people also can fall different places on that spectrum, and that's okay too. Because yeah, I would say, exactly. like, for what you do, like, you stand up on stage and um, sing songs, and there isn't a one-to-one relationship between a song mm. and like a thesis statement paragraph. Like, that's yeah. just not how songs work. Versus, yeah. like, I'm on stage being like, "This is what you should think," because this is what I should think. Right. And all of that is great. Yeah. Like, I mean, folks should should uh take in like as much as they can and go to wherever they want to get their needs met so yeah like, and folks- i think like people you know i mean I'm, it's no secret and i think you know it's pretty evident that um well i mean it might not be everybody's opinion but i feel like you know it sounds like an obvious choice but i feel like ellen has done more for gay people than anyone ever you know and she there are people literally in the i'll say just the middle of the country just for as an example that have you know completely you know, um, you know, views on gay people that are, you know, less than stellar, you know, um, and then, but we'll watch her show every day and they don't even know that they're secretly or not so secretly being made more tolerant because they love this person and can't like, you know, get through their day with a person who is living a true life. And that's, you know, that's, that is the thing, I think. And I think that that, you know, that's such an example to everyone and I and I'm just like I would like to like do that in my own way you know for sure not me I don't want to be Ellen she has no money yeah and is a failure yeah she's laughing all the way to the bank (laughs) literally laughing all the way to the bank and making the world better um hey this was a great conversation thank you so much for your time (laughs) thank you and i want to ask you one final thing before i let you go which is Uh, just to shout out a queero which is just like a person or it could be a place or thing made you feel more comfortable in yourself Uh, so you could be the rad person you are today um i don't know i i often think about um you know i think just i'll go on a musical tip like freddie mercury for sure you know oh you know what is wild i have done so many dang episodes of this show yeah nobody has said freddie mercury yeah well how did he get skipped yeah i don't know because you know my favorite thing is that like he his band was named queen he looked like he looked and there was a bunch of like you know whatever um heterosexual men going 
I love these guys. Queen. These are my favorite songs. These songs are about you know, sports. I often think about like how often yeah. the, those songs are played at like NBA games or yeah. you know basketball warmups, and I'm like, yeah. y'all. Number one, you're right. This is a great song. Number two, I bet this is about something you don't even know yeah. it's about. Yeah, yeah. Like he's just like, and he's you know was such a when you see his interviews, such a like oddly odd to say about him, but a subtle human being, and uh, and I. Yeah, he's just, uh, he definitely, that was the first song that I heard when I was like six that I was like, because my mom only listened to like really um, more like uh, opera and musical theater and, and things. And, and I heard that and I was like, what in the world Wait, what was the song? This? The exact song, oh, do you know? Oh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. 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 Right. So I was just like, I didn't, I didn't have a folder for it, you know. Like, I was just like, what? create new folder. Yeah, put song in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was pretty. Yeah, well, folder. agreed. Freddie yeah. Mercury all day. There yeah, you go. rock and roll. Queero, he's my queero. <laughs> Total queero. <laughs> Thank you so much, Elfie. Thank you. Yeah. Hey, this is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season three has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, season three is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Eight nights. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <laughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> Oh, Jesus! I mean, Jazos, <laughs> ruler of the eighth circle. And that's just the beginning. Season three of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah.